0: And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Hello,
1: and welcome to the Wildcat Scoop podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Shear, here with...
2: Jason, what is the Alamo anyway, Shear?
1: And Jason is in san antonio i am in Tucson. we are doing this uh again you know not together but we're together
2: in our hearts shall we?
1: in spirit and in our hearts oh. um, we're, <laughs> we're here to preview the arizona men's basketball game tomorrow against houston in the sweet 16 and just starting things off right out the gate Uh, Arizona is coming off a difficult win against TCU. It was like a battle, basically. Do you think that that helps the Wildcats?
2: You know, I actually, I asked Tommy Lloyd this question at the the press conference today, and he kind of downplayed it. But um, I do, talking to other people, believe that there is a thought the TCU game helped Arizona immensely. And the reason is um, there's only so many physical teams in the Pac-12. USC is kind of physical. UCLA is, is pretty physical, but it's a different type of physical TCU was, we're just going to throw bodies at you and see what happens. Uh, Houston isn't necessarily like that, but it is a physical intense defensive matchup. TCU, for instance, was a really good in your face defensive team. Now they have different defensive concepts, but the keys to winning are kind of the same. Like Houston, um, is the third best offensive rebounding team in the country. TCU was number one. They both have really good two point defense, um, and and so it's it's a similar matchup in that regard. And I think that the fact that this is probably going to be a tough game, and Arizona already played a tough game, uh, should help the Wildcats. Should things get close and physical and all that.
1: Houston um, has really high metrics, as you know, we've been hearing. Why is that? And how important is it?
2: Yeah, they're a a metric darling. I mean, metrically speaking, metrically speaking. Metrically uh, speaking. Arizona, I mean, look, I mean, it's small, but on Ken Palm, Arizona is the one-point underdog in this matchup because of Houston's metrics. Um, They're 10th in adjusted efficiency on offense. They're 10th in defense. They're third in the country in effective field goal percentage on defense and 31 on offense. Turnover percentages are great. Offensive rebounding, great. Two-point percentage, great. Defensively, all their stats are good except for uh, three-pointers. They're willing to give the three-pointers. But the thing that metrics-wise kind of helps them a lot is their schedule was not good playing in the conference that they played on. And a lot of times these metrics, when you blow out teams – Are very inflated and Arizona blew out teams also. But I mean, like you look at Houston, they beat Bryant 111 to 44, they beat Texas State 80 to 47, uh, they beat East Carolina 79 to 36, Temple 84 to 46. And Arizona probably would have done the same thing, right? But a lot of times, you know, they uh, those numbers kind of get skewed a little bit, um, when you're playing teams like that and had they had the same metrics that they did and their losses or similar, it, it obviously wouldn't be the numbers that they are, but metrically speaking, Houston, you know, according to Ken Palm and Bart Torvik and all that, they are top two, three team in the country. I mean, in, in terms of their numbers and their analytics, like I mentioned, they're an analytical darling. I mean, there's really not many bad numbers across the board. And so um, that's why the spread is what it is in Vegas, which is a little concerning. It's only one and a half. Um, Because when you keep going back to those metrics, it absolutely says Houston has a very good chance, if not the favorite, in this game. Because if if you look at all the metrics, um, now they're small. I mean, like, you know, Tommy Lloyd, for instance, said, look, you know, Houston's third in offensive rebounding. Well, we're 15th. So is it really that big of a difference? Uh, No, it's not. But it's still going to favor the team that metrically uh, is better, like Houston. And, And basically, what that is saying, is that Houston would be favored against every team in the country metrically, analytically, except for Gonzaga.
1: Hmm. Well, there's a lot of things that look better on paper that don't really match up in real life. So I'm, I'm a little skeptical, especially because they they didn't have a great strength of schedule compared to Arizona, and I'm surprised just as someone like like hearing you always talk about metrics because I'm obviously not living in that world like you are, but how come this isn't taken into account a little bit more like the strength of their schedule versus like what Arizona did, like, cause it isn't an apples apples comparison.
2: I mean, technically speaking, it is like Ken Palm does put, and you got to keep in mind, like Houston played Wisconsin and they played Alabama early in the season, which were two tournament teams, but they also did so without Marcus Sasser and who was one of their if not, no, he was their best player, right? And they did it without Traymon Mack, who was one of their better bench players. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's, it, yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of skewed because, you know, when you look at their schedule with the with the guys that they have now, they really haven't beaten any good teams. Illinois was by far their best win of the season. And their second best win was against Memphis. But you have to keep in mind, they lost to Memphis by double digits before that twice. So it, it yeah it, there's only kind of so much adjustment and when you look at something like synergy Arizona actually matches up very well with Houston. Houston is is strong in synergy, but Arizona is just as strong if not stronger in certain areas. And so like we look at offensive rebound, Houston is their best in the country, but they're also 146th in defensive rebounding, right? And you look at Arizona and they're 15th in the country. In, uh, in offensive rebounding, and they're 193 in defense. Is it really that big of a difference? And then you take a look at Houston, and are they really playing as big of teams as Arizona? Uh, the answer to that is no, they haven't. No. I mean, Arizona is clearly like, I think they're the first or second biggest team in the country. Memphis, which gave them fits, is 63rd. So, I mean, you know, how many big teams did they face? Alabama's not big. Wisconsin's not big. Uh, Oregon, I guess, would be you know, big. And they, they did beat the crap out of Oregon, but they did it with Sasser and Mac. Um, So it's, it's just to me, they're, it's very, I I love analytics. I'm very into them. And I've been joking back and forth with Mike Luke. This is such a big analytics game because the analytics line up for Houston to be really good in this game, but there's other things that I feel just aren't taken into account enough, which is what did they do without Sasser? Who have they beat? And I was going to say this for later, but, um, Houston has not had a single-digit win since February 20th. Wow. Now, you could say, oh, that's great. That means Houston's good. Yeah, but the thing is, the, the wins that, that followed that was Tulane, SMU, Cincinnati, Temple, Cincinnati, Tulane, and Memphis. And then UAB and Illinois in the tournament, right? But in that span also, they lost to Memphis by 14 points. So they kind of counteract each other. So they're beating bad teams. It's like, look, if Arizona played Washington 10 times, Arizona's beating Washington by double digits every time. No doubt in my mind. So it's kind of like, okay, what Houston team is it really? And and we're going to find out tomorrow probably. All
1: right. Well, those intangibles are definitely going to show up tomorrow. Uh, What individual matchups are you most interested by?
2: I'm actually going to surprise you on this one. Shelby. Oh, okay. I'm not going Galen Terry.
1: I was going to say, if you're going to surprise me, you're not going <laughs> to say
2: Galen. So Houston doubles bigs. They call it their monster defense. They, they double all big. They double bigs with bigs, which means that when Coloco has the ball inside, they're going to double them with Fabian white and Josh Carlton, six, eight and six eleven, And it is a very solid defense. The difference is A, again, they haven't doubled a guy of those size. And B, they haven't faced a power forward that can score like a Julius Tubelas. The matchup that I am most curious is basically a Julius versus the double team, or a Julius when they double team Coloco or Umar or whoever it may be, because those guys are going to have opportunities to score. A Julius Tubelas is going to have the opportunity to put together a very strong offensive game. Now, Houston is really good at forcing turnovers. So they are going to see the Tubellas against TCU and they're going to attack him. But if Tubellas can hang on to the ball, he is going to have some major opportunities to impact this game. You can make a legit argument that him and Kirk Creesa are by far the two most important players in this game because if they play well, I can't see Houston winning. So Tubelis is going to have a lot of opportunities around the basket. He's going to have to defend Fabian White. Fabian White's a solid player, so he's going to have to defend him there. Um, but overall, uh, he's just—he's going to have opportunities. I mean, he's really absolutely going to be able to impact this game on the offensive end.
1: Wow. Okay. Well, we'll find out. Hopefully, we get the Tubelis that we're hoping for. Um, if Arizona is going to win this game, it needs to do what.
2: Same thing you needed to do in TCU. Take care of the ball and a rebound. If it does those two things, it's going to win the game. Um, Now, what's interesting here is, like I mentioned, Houston is not a very good defensive rebounding team. So this game could just come down to who has more offensive rebounds. And like I mentioned with TCU, everyone gave the attention, and rightfully so, TCU is a good team, but everyone gave the attention to the fact that TCU had 20 offensive boards. Well, TCU is also a, a solid defensive rebounding team, a better defensive rebounding team than Houston. They let up 14 offensive boards against Arizona. It just wasn't um, highlighted as much. If Arizona can offensive board with Houston and take care of the ball, they're going to win this game. I can't see Houston winning this game if Arizona does those two things. And I'm not saying they have to turn it over five times and win the offensive glass by 10. I just mean if, if those two things are close, Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts.
1: Which leads nicely into the next question, which is, what is Houston's path to victory?
2: Yeah, so Houston's path is pretty simple, and beyond rebounding and forcing turnovers, they have to be better on offense. Uh, If you look at them on offense, they have absolutely struggled offensively against the more athletic teams, specifically Memphis. Memphis really comes to mind in Wichita State. Uh, wichita state they scored 76 points and they needed two overtimes to do it and then in their other win against wichita they scored 76 in regulation in memphis um even though they won it, it, last game against memphis they only scored 71 points they scored 61 in a loss against memphis and 59 in another loss they're not a very good offensive team against athleticism despite the fact that the numbers like i mentioned the The, uh, the analytics say they are They're 20th in the country in two point percentage. Um, but the key here is for Houston, they have to be able to score the ball because you've got to assume that no matter how good their defense is, Arizona is going to find a way to score, you know, 70 points and Houston, if you take a look at them and you just take a look at their point total, it's, you know, 72 against Oklahoma state, 66, 76, 66, 74, 63. 73, 70, 71, like they're low 70s. And I'm not sure that that's going to be enough to win this game. So Houston's path is being better on offense. And then also they have to play to their tempo. They are slow. They are 333rd in tempo. Their average possession length is 322. They have struggle against teams that go out and, uh, and really pressure them to run up and down the court. And one of the reasons is, A, they're not built for that. And, B, their depth is bad. Because of the injuries to Mark and Sasser, they go eight deep, but reality is it's only six quality, if that. And they foul a lot. That is something that people need to keep an eye on. They foul a ton. Um, free throw attempts to field goals made, they're 285th in the country. That's how much they foul. All right? So yeah. they've had games where, you know, they fouled out uh, one of the games against I'm trying to remember, like Memphis, I think it was. They had two players foul out. And, and if, if one player fouls out against Arizona, they're screwed. And I'm sure that's something they're talking about. So they have to control their fouls and kind of do what they do, basically. And they have to do it at a high level.
1: Well, knowing all of that, um, with these very key weaknesses, it sounds like Houston has, what is your final prediction?
2: Um. I am picking Arizona <laughs>
1: right. as I'm hoping. Okay.
2: Uh, I, I go back and forth on this in terms of the point total uh, In my breakdown. I'm putting up, I picked Arizona 72 to 68. I think Houston's going to have difficulty scoring. Uh, I do think there is a path to Houston winning, as I mentioned, but the 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 more I look at what Houston's done and who they've done it against. And the questions I have is let's say Houston finds itself in a tight game. Arizona did that. They did that on the Pac-12 tournament, right? They did that in against TCU. February 20th was the last game Houston's had that was decided in single digits, whether it is a win or a loss. When this game gets tough, I trust Arizona more than Houston and I don't care that uh that they're that Houston's old, right? I just whatever. Uh the height of Arizona. Houston is 99th in height. They are not big. And their bigs aren't good. They're athletic, I guess. But Josh Carlton is the same dude that Arizona beat up when he was on UConn, right? TCU's average height is 52. So they were a much bigger team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was... It, so there, there is a considerable difference in certain areas. If Arizona is hitting threes, Houston is going to get blown out. I'm very confident in saying that if Arizona goes something like nine for 18 or nine for 20 from three, Houston lost that game by double digits because they give up a lot of threes. Um, Their, their three point defense might be pretty good, but in terms of their attempts uh, they, they, they're okay with living in those attempts. And so, you know, they're actually, they're, they're 323rd in the country in terms of three point attempts to field goal attempted. They're willing to give up the three. So if Arizona does that, um, like when Memphis blew them out uh, in that game, that was 75 to 61 on March 6th. And I know I keep going back to that. Uh, Memphis was seven to 15 from three, which isn't great, but it's enough. And the thing that I also keep going back to is the fact that Houston fouls a lot and Arizona draws fouls at a high rate. Um, and, you know, every game that Memphis has lost, i so that Houston has lost, they fouled a lot. And so, This game to me, while I'm picking Arizona to win by four, I do think that it actually has the potential for Arizona to win by double digits. So I'm picking Arizona 72 to 68 with the caveat that it really wouldn't surprise me if this game isn't as close as the analytics and other people say.
1: Hmm. Well, I'm not going high 90 or anything, but I think 75 66 is like kind of where I'm landing, but I agree there's potential here, especially with some uh, chip on the shoulder, Keir Krisa coming out and kind of leading the team into, you know, drawing fouls, threes, everything you just mentioned. It, it really could be, of the whole tournament, like a major blowout just from the, honestly, just kind of these mismatches and, the uh, you know, the height disadvantage alone. Like, what happens if Tommy Lloyd puts all three bigs out? Like, how do they – how can they – Houston even –
2: yeah, they won't, do that, that. but they're absolutely gonna play the two big lineup with Coloco yeah. and say go go stop it. Yeah, not go, just- they're gonna go right at Fabian White, they're gonna go right at Josh Carlton because if one of those guys gets in foul trouble, they're in deep, deep trouble. They're in
1: trouble. Yeah. Amazing. Well, it's exciting. And you've been in San Antonio since yesterday. Um, what are what is your impression since you've never been there before?
2: I didn't like it yesterday. As I told you, I wasn't impressed. Well, you were pro- also
1: tired. You did like a 13 hour drive.
2: I drove around today. I sat in the Pearl District. I think that's what it's called. I don't know. Had a nice coffee, a little tiramisu by myself. Did a little shopping. I like it. I like San Antonio. It's not bad. The arena is gorgeous. And- I mean, it's a, it's a maze. I got lost in it. And then when I found myself out of the arena, I was in some random parking lot. And the guy laughed at me and said, yeah, man, you got to walk like 10 minutes that way. So, wow,
1: that sounds like the MGM Grand in Vegas. It's <laughs> a get nice lost in it.
2: Um, a couple of things though, it was actually pretty cool. Uh so today they had the open shoot around um, for 15 minutes for the media. So let's see. Number one, Greg Byrne is on the committee. So this is his site. So he's here all weekend. Um talk to him a little bit. I I tried to get, I tried to say when Nick Saban retires, who are you hiring? He wouldn't tell me. Uh, also cool is former cleveland cavaliers coach and international coaching superstar david blatt was in attendance friends with tommy lloyd uh he was in attendance watching practice and saying hi to everyone and he knows pj carlissimo who's there for the radio and uh that was cool seeing him out there so some old faces were out there taking in the practice uh kirk update um i'm not gonna put him starting in my breakdown but I think there's a very good chance he starts. That and he's,
1: did, I mean, was he at practice I mean, moving he, around? And
2: he hasn't been looking? full though until today. He looked better today. He was moving better. I talked to a few people. They said he was definitely better. The day after the game, he was not very good, um, as is to be expected, obviously. But there is more mobility there. He's not going to be 100%. He's not going to be 100% at any point in this tournament. It's a one-month minimum injury. And what Justin Gakoski and the Arizona training staff have done is absolutely remarkable because he should not technically be playing. Like if this was a regular season, I, he's out. But it's not the regular season, and it's winter go home. And what he's done and what the training staff done is really, really impressive. And I think there's a, a very legit chance that he starts against Houston, and I think they're going to need him.
1: They definitely need him. And just the, the actual – amount of pain that I can only imagine he was in after the game the other day, especially how physical it was when he got knocked down. And then he kind of played off the rest of the game out on the perimeter just to keep himself safe. Um, I, I'm, I am in just in awe of him as far as his true grit, because again, I've had a broken ankle. He does not have a broken ankle. I can't even imagine like the way that his ankle looked where he is today. So here crease is amazing. And we're going to find out tomorrow. It's going to be exciting. And, you know, we're kind of a superstitious lot around here. So the same people that were at our house watching the game against TCU will be here at our house watching the Houston game because we all have to, like, you know, be screaming and cheering and potentially saying not very nice things to the refs um, all together. So
2: I just want to point out that you people in Arizona are lucky because you only have to wait till seven for this game to tip. Keep in mind, there's a two hour difference. So Arizona is not tipping here until 9. PM. <laughs> so this is
1: so late. Oh I my don't gosh. know what I'm
2: going to be doing because even if I waste time and I clearly want to watch Gonzaga, Michigan, I still got to waste time until six o'clock. So. Yeah. Knows, and it's going to be four here. I'll still be at work. Going. Who knows what trouble I'll get in tomorrow. Shelby. Riverwalk overrated. Alamo bunch of dirty rocks but i did like i did like san antonio good barbecue i've had good barbecue two nights in a row at the same exact place uh i don't remember the name of it wow (laughs) i was gonna shout them out it was my boy guy fieri went there and uh i'm actually looking up the name because i want to get it right because it's kind of confusing
1: I mean, the photos you sent looked amazing, so please shout them out properly so other fans can know where you've gone.
2: Please stop stop screaming at me. Okay. Um, It is called... (laughs) Uh, So let's talk about you. Right? Okay. Literally, oh, dignity. Instead of Dignity, it's Digno-witty meets on Houston Street.
0: That's cool.
2: Yeah, small menu, but really good. Thank you.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, I like that you ate there two days in a row. You might be so crazy as to eat there again tomorrow.
2: No, no, no. There's free dinner tomorrow. Oh, okay. I, gotta pick my lunch. Press. I might eat barbecue, though. I, I mean, shopping. you're in Texas. I got some groceries today. Yeah. Only local. Got a beer. One beer. I mean...
1: You're living the dream. You're living the solo dad, no kids work trip dream. Bathroom
2: science here. A lot of them have cowboy hats on the male and female. That's cute. And there's a water burger every four feet.
1: Nice. It sounds like San Antonio. You know, I'm a Tucson girl. I'm never moving anywhere or living anywhere else. But you know, San Antonio might be okay. But you know, it's not really. A big college town either. So that's a a downside.
2: UTSA, Incarnate Word. Uh Incarnate Word is one building, but it's actually really pretty. Oh, also, since we're talking about it on my drive in, um, shout out to any coach who can recruit to UTEP. You have gained my respect. Because there's no logical reason that any coach should be able to recruit to that university.
1: Maybe it's the barbecue.
2: I just crapped all over El Paso. No wonder KJ Lewis wants El Paso to come to Arizona. That's all. Oh, yeah. So with that being said.
1: (laughs) Bear down from Texas.
2: Thanks, everyone, for joining us. And as my brethren over here would say, yeehaw.
1: Bear down, y'all.
2: Shelly, I passed a store with only cowboy hats, thousands of cowboy hats. How do you think I would look in a cowboy hat?
1: I think that you'd look pretty slick. I can, approve.
2: Can Jewish people wear cowboy hats?
1: Yes, but you have to have a a kippa on underneath it just oh, to be respectful.
2: Look at you. Thank look you at so me. <laughs> Is
1: it <laughs> It's almost like I've been married to you for a long time.
2: Lachaim, honey. Lachaim.